I think I'm a person who very often is like putting myself in the other person's shoes. And so I think about what it would be like to be an actor and have a camera facing you and doing things over and over and how I would want to be talked to or or any creative person. I I would want to be given real freedom and permission to play and I would want I would want my creativity to be encouraged. So I think that's I think that's a lot of it. I really I really try to create a space that feels safe and nurturing, you know, where people can screw up. Like I actually think that's really important. Like there's very often, I mean, I'm I'm constantly like, let's try a crazy one. Let's do, you know? Yeah. And I say, like, let's color outside the lines. And some of our ideas will be terrible. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Cause I feel like you have to reach for that to find something new and special. You yeah. have to be willing to like take that shot. Hi. I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Because I read the book when yeah. I was, I mean, everybody read the book, yep. mm-hmm. but I read the book when I was a little girl and I was like, well, this is just fascinating, right? Like I'm yeah. just, as a writer, I was like, oh my God, she wrote the screenplay and then she directed, she did all the things. I really want to hear her story and understand Yeah, no bullshit. It's incredible. Oh my like, God, thank I you. I was telling Emmy, genuinely, I finished watching it and I was like, so proud of you, oh and I don't God. even know you. I was just oh like, "Good God. job!" That means because that that's is so a weighty project. That is, yeah, oh my God. it's so. And I watch it with my boyfriend and my ten-year-old son, and we all loved it, and we all laughed out loud continuously. Oh my the attention to detail, the oh. the set design, the costumes, like it's so fucking good. Oh my god! Let's just start there. Oh I do gosh, not. I'm not you. kissing your ass. It's oh so god. well done. First of all, I love that your ten year old son. Yes. Like he was like, like what was what? The, am did I you have watching? a lot of conversations after that? Well, like, so you, I am very. I have three sons uh-huh. and a daughter. So many, so uh-huh. many kids. But I am very conscious and intentional about always talking about my period, Me too. my cycle, all of it. Totally. Because I'm like, uh-huh. you need to know that this is yeah. a thing and it needs to be normal for you. Totally. And that it's not yes. weird or gross. Yes. Yep. So mm-hmm. he, when he asked me what it was about, it was like, it's about a girl getting her period. <laughs> and he was like, what, mom? I'm like, just, <laughs> just sit with me. But um, no, he wasn't, he, he wasn't weirded out at all. Yeah. I was sort of thinking of the book and I'm like, oh, are they going to go? Remember in the book where she wears the like, the, it's like oh, a belt yes. or whatever. I'm the like, very, are they going there? Uh, but to, yeah, the yeah. very first issue yeah. had the sanitary belt. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then I get, and then a year later, she changed it because like oh, the, because right. the yeah, that was no the sticky ones came out. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, but Ford loved it, so he was. He oh was my a gosh. fan. So good job. <laughs> <laughs> How did this even start? How did you get to this place with this iconic work? 
I, well, first of all, like I grew up on Judy Bloom. I yeah. loved her and I, I found her when I was about 10 or 11 and I just was like instantly enamored with her because I felt like she was writing about what girls that age really go through. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And she was telling you the truth and she was telling you all the weird, embarrassing details that you yeah. think you're the only one that goes through, right. you know? So there was just something so reassuring about her work. Um, and so I started to read everything that she'd ever written. And anyway, cut to many years later, I had made my first movie at the edge of 17. And uh, right after that, I was thinking about what to do next. And I started to think about the authors who had most influenced me. And she was literally number one on, on that list. So I started to reread her work. And when I got to Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, I just was like knocked flat. I mean, I, it, it, there was something in particular about the ending that just the last page just had me sobbing like a lunatic. You know, mm -hmm. I just was like, oh, my God, there's something so hopeful and and beautiful about it, you know, particularly about this kid kind of carving out her own spiritual path, you know, yeah. that she doesn't find that sense of something greater in like traditional places. She carves out her own sense of it. And I thought that was really beautiful. And I didn't remember it actually from the first time, you know, from when I read it as a kid, but yeah. it struck me as an adult. It's funny. Um, probably 10 years ago, I was in a book club here in LA and each month we all get to choose a different book and I picked that book. Is that right? Because I thought, wouldn't it be cool to reread this as adults yes. and see? And in some ways, you know, you're like, oh, this feels a bit uh, antiquated. But right. in most ways, it's you're still thinking about and grappling with the stuff that you went through when you were a little girl or you're going through this process. So yes. um, it really is timeless. Yes. But I'm curious, did you have any like, I don't know, maybe imposter syndrome around who the fuck am I oh, to try and do Judy Bloom? I, so first of all, the first couple of weeks I was trying to write the script, I, it was just like paralyzed. I bet. You know? because, I bet. Well, but also because like uh, when you write a script, it requires you to make certain changes, you know, to, to yes. you know, to put it in this new medium. It felt like every change I made was like sacrilegious on some level. Like it was very, very difficult and a lot of stops and starts. And I also like I feel like I had all these people in my head. You know, I was imagining all the fans, you know, being disappointed or being like, you fucked it up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so there was a lot of like getting over that. But then I just had to approach it as just one fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just kind of serve what what it was that the book made me feel, you know, and try to write the film version that made me feel that same way. Yeah. You know? Well, I think as a viewer, going into it, I was a little nervous because I sort of thought, am I going to be interested in a movie that's based on I'm remembering the book and I'm yeah. like could this hold my attention for a couple totally. hours totally yes but uh -huh. what you did I feel like I am kissing your butt so oh my bad. god <laughs> but what you did telling the generational story of these women and how every single generation comes into new phases of mm. going who am I now yes who am yeah. I now and like I mean whole Kathy Bates Kathy Bates is how, I just, just got chills like how what that's she was yeah actresses in this movie are so incredible and even the little girls what's the 
best friend that's blonde. Yes, Nancy. Nancy. Yes. Uh-huh. Who was like, I hated Nancy. Yes. And uh-huh. I'm like, what a jerk. And then when she's crying, I was like, yes. this little girl can act. Oh, she, yes. It's so, okay, I'm going to stop. I'm like really no, oh my and people are be like, Rach, calm down. But it's, <laughs> you did oh such God. a good job. The you know, things you changed, I hope this doesn't sound sacrilegious, mm-hmm. it made it better. I don't know if it could have been a movie that I would have loved this much if you didn't make those changes. You know, I definitely, when I reread the book, I, you know, I related to all the things that Margaret went to, like I went through, I had all those like nostalgic feelings, but, but the difference was reading it as an adult is that I related to Barbara. You right. know, there were certain things, cause I'm a mom and I, so there were certain things that I related to there and emotional things like she's, she's an artist, but she moves to the suburbs and she's sort of like you know, a square peg in a round hole. And there was a little tiny bit of that in the book, but I wanted to add, I wanted to see like what would happen if you took those seeds and like planted them and and let them grow. Because I don't know about you, but like I find motherhood to be like such a complicated existence. Like it is so, especially like trying to find this balance between being the kind of mom I want to be to my kid and also living out this career that I love so much and that takes a lot of my time and energy, which means some of it comes out of, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that you've worked for years. Yes. And for you, the number of women, and I hate to even use this word, but it's accurate, who are allowed to direct film in this town. Right. Who are given that, who are empowered in that way, who get to write, who get to... It's so small. Right, yeah. It's so small. Totally, And, yes, like, if yes. you've gotten to this level mm-hmm. and you have a child, there is a – I mean, I definitely mm-hmm. experienced this in my life where people were, like uh, – when I was pregnant, they were, like, when are you going to stop working? Right, uh, yes. Because that was a culture uh-huh. I came out of. You know, right, my husband, they were, yeah. like, well, your husband has a job and, well, you're obviously going to stay home. And I love that for people. Yes. Uh-huh. Not for me. Totally. And I was, like, wait, I just work so hard to get to this place and – should I walk away from it? Would that make me? No. So I I identified with her so much in the movie because I was like, we do that. We sign up for PTA. Yes. We try Uh and be like the other moms. And in doing so, sometimes we lose a massive piece of ourselves. Yes, exactly. A hundred percent. I, a lot of the, her storyline came out of what happened to me when I made my first movie. It was, I shot it up in Vancouver. And so I had to leave for two months. And at the time, my son was was two, almost three, and I had to just leave him. He was with his dad right. for two and a half months, right. and I was away, and I talked to him on FaceTime, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I had such crushing guilt I'm about sure. it. Yeah. But I also had, like, even beyond that, then I had, like, the times where, you know, I would go 10 hours, and I wouldn't think about, yeah, I wouldn't have guilt. I wouldn't even think about him because I'm, like— in it. I'm complete, yeah, and I'm in something that is like taking all of me, and also that I'm passionate about and I love. Yeah, but I would get to the end of that day and be like, "Oh my God, you did not think about your child right. once today. Like, right. what type of horrible person are you? You know." And so when I got to the end of that experience, I um I got home from it and I was like, "I'm just." going to be a mom, just like a great mom. And I'm going to do all the things and I'm going to, you know, do the play dates and like cut fruit into little pieces and do the whole thing. And I did that for about two months. And by the end of it, I was just like, you're a worse person. I was, 
I was the worst person. Yeah. I was I really depressed. Think, yes. I was so yes. not, it was so not right for me. Yes. Yeah. There are some women who thrive. Yes. Who thrive. And men, there's some yes. parents who thrive in that space. I am not one of them. I no. am a better mom. Yeah. If I am allowed to do this work, which I'm really passionate about and I love, I am better. And I'm here this week and the kids are in school and yeah. I, same thing. I've done yes. this. My oldest is 16. Like I've done this for a while. Yeah. But I still have, I like still feel emotional yes. that like I'm not with them this week. But also my, this is what takes care of our family. Right. This is yeah. what pays for our life. This is how we live. Yes. And my kids have only known a working mom. Yeah. Yeah. And I do take a lot of pride in the fact, especially with my sons, that they've only known a mom yes. who's successful, who works, who does it like it it's not weird to them. Yes. So yeah. I mean I, I do think that's yeah. really yes. I do think that's really I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. With that first movie, how did you get to the place where you were making your first movie? What what was that journey like for you? So a, a lot of it is actually credited to um, the person who produced the film, Jim Brooks, okay. who I like idolized for years and years. And when I when I wrote the script, I sent it to his company, thinking they'll never read it. You know, <laughs> there's no there's no chance. But it ended up that it ended up that his, the woman who runs his company read it and liked it, and then passed it on to him, and he read it. And then I walked into that first meeting with him. And uh, I was thinking in my mind, okay, at some point I'm going to throw my hat in the ring to direct this, but I'm going to butter him up for a while. Yeah. You know? like Because I, I knew it was such a huge ask, you know? Um, and I had no business asking right. for well, it because I had, had no you, experience. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Zero. You, Zero. So had you sold the script before that moment? I had written so, – so how I came to directing was really I had written a movie that got made, and when I went to go see it, I didn't recognize it. Yeah. And oh, so as I a was, writer, I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, no. Totally. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, it was definitely, it was very, it was tough. And so it was through that experience that I realized, oh, okay, if I actually want to see what I wrote on screen, like I have to direct it because there's so many things that, there's so many little details that come together to make a film feel like what you read on the page, you know? And, they're, and it's very delicate, very easy to screw up. What, would it be things like how it looks, how it, like, what are those Everything. Nuances? I mean, there are things like, there are things like if you have the wrong music cue in a scene, like suddenly you have, like, dramatic music over oh, a scene that suddenly, it suddenly has made it sappy and, it, you know, or you've killed the joke because the music like undercuts the joke or you, uh, you know, or the intonation of a line, the editing, everything, the pacing of it. Like there's a million, a million, million, million little details that all have to come together in the right way. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more. All built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.
Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Did you go to film school or is that intuitive for you? Uh, I didn't go to film school. I think it, it, I'm like, I'm definitely a very like emotional feeling person. Mm -hmm. So all of those come from that. It's, it's, it's always like every decision visually and everything else is really like, how does it make me feel in my body? It's very, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I don't know. Yeah. I, I sometimes wonder in talking to other directors, how they, how they start to think about shots. To me, it's a hundred percent emotional. Got it. Yeah. So you're thinking about, if you're thinking about a shot, like the opening scene of the movie, let's say, Mm -hmm. do you see that in your mind before it's manifest in front of you? Or are you just sort of like, I want it to feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's oftentimes like I may, I may think I want to be so close. I want to be so intimate. I want to see this person's pores. You know what I mean? And then other times I may feel like I want them to be, I want to be so far away from the character and them to be so little in the frame that it feels almost lonely and empty. And I want to get closer, but I can't. You feel the space around someone. Like, But all of them just create a different feeling in me. Yeah. You know, all of the different images and light is a big I'm a lunatic about light too. I mean, I've, I've in, in my house and everything because it sets such a mood, has right. such an emotional effect right. on me. I have actually been in an Airbnb for five days and changed all their light bulbs. <laughs> You're like, it's better for you. It's better <laughs> because I was like, I can't handle this right. white bright light. Right. You guys need some warm light. Yeah, yeah, because it because to me it has such a big impact on on mood and just how you feel. So I took you on a tangent, which uh-huh. is my fault because I got excited. But <laughs> you go in to pitch this script. Yes. You're like, someday I hope I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. But yeah. there's no way. Like, it's a long no. shot. But what happens in that meeting? Okay, so what happens in that meeting is then I'm ready to do that at some point, you know, down the road, months down the road. But what happens is Jim in that very first meeting says, you know, I, the voice is very specific to you. So I actually think you should direct it. And I was, I mean, I, 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 I nearly passed out because that does not happen. No I know. One, I'm like, I don't no know. No one does that. Yeah. And what's funny is um, a couple of years later, after we had made the film, I mentioned that in a Q&A that we were doing. And Jim was like, I said that? <laughs> he had no How funny. recollection of it. How <laughs> he, he was funny. like, really? That was crazy. <laughs> that and, is And nuts. I'm like. Yeah, that, that, that's why we're here. But yeah, in, in his mind, he remo- he thinks of it more as like over time. You earned, I earned his trust. trust. Yeah. But I was like, no, it was in that first meeting. I was like, you know, somebody sign a paper. Right, do something like right that, now. Put yes, this in exactly. Yeah. But I'm sure then you had to like, or, or unless I was independent and I'm not familiar with how the process worked for that mm-hmm. movie, but did you have to then convince a studio then that Then we were... had to do that. And okay. that was not easy. Yeah. That was 
that was a parade of rejection. That was yeah. very, very tough. And it was a parade of rejection when I had somebody like Jim Brooks right. who's done, you know, everything and has a collection of Oscars and Emmys and, every, you know, it was still very, very hard as a first-time director, as a first-time female director, which they're just, at that point in 2016, they're just, we're so few of us, yeah. you know. So it was a very strange, it was a very strange, even just going on those meetings, I remember being like, I didn't, I didn't know how to show up because I knew I didn't look the part. Yes. So it was like the amount of time I would spend thinking about like, what am I supposed to wear to look yeah. like somebody that, that you that, will trust? Yes, that you will trust exactly. Yes. When I know that I don't look like that, right. you know. So right. it was a very bizarre. It was a very bizarre time where I I felt like I was I was trying to like dress in a costume as like what male directors look like right you know? right and which is a weird way to show up in yes. a meeting let me tell you yes there are books on this uh I read one years ago called female chauvinist pigs which mm. was about this idea that women believed in corporate America that in order to be successful as a man you had to become like a man yes so you had to wear the power uh -huh. suit and you had to act like a jerk and you yes. had to do all these things uh -huh. But if you have no other roadmap, you're just trying to model behavior because right. you're like, well, I like, don't know what, what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. And, yes. you know, I had a meeting this week with a producer and she was telling me that, like, she's super passionate about women, female directors and writers. And, and this is like a huge part of her job is just sort of promoting and saying, like, have you seen this person? Have you seen this person? Yeah. And she was like. I used to think it was enough to just have a list. Like at any moment, if I was in a meeting with someone and they were like, who, you know, who should we consider? She'd be like, these are, check out these women. They're amazing. Yeah. She said, I used to think that was enough. Mm -hmm. She's like, now it's about following up, following up again, finding mm -hmm. out, well, why don't you like her? Well, there was a moment in the meeting where her voice kind of broke. Mm -hmm. And so we think that she seems nervous. And mm -hmm. then we think she, I'm like, this, it makes me want to cry. Oh my it's like, So she literally is going back to very talented women and being mm -hmm. like, your voice cracked, I yeah. guess. And there was a little vocal fry. And so they're just worried that maybe you're not strong enough. And yeah. I'm like, what is this world? Like you're no, totally. fighting out of this madness. And you know what? I It's so funny that you're mentioning that because actually just on the way here, I was talking to Jim Brooks, the, the producer of both this and Edge of 17. And I, we were talking about this like whole rejection tour on Edge of 17. And what I remembered is that every single every single place said no until the meeting where only Jim went. I didn't go. I oh, didn't I just go. got chills. That was for the, the wrong reason. That was oh. yeah, that was the that was the that was the place that they had never met me. And they <laughs> so I'm like I carry that everywhere. I'm like I told them that I was like, Jim, like wow. Yeah. Like, Thank God I didn't go to that meeting. Yeah. It's so awful, but yeah. so uh -huh. true. Not no, obviously totally. the same thing at all. But I think this a lot, not to be a douchebag, but the podcast is really successful. Yes, yeah. It's very a very small percentage of people have as many listeners as I do. Yeah. Even saying that makes me feel like, oh, I'm no, but say yes. that. Yeah. And I see really successful men mm -hmm. do every male podcast host, even people that are nowhere near my level. Yeah. And I will try and try and try to get these men on my show because I'm like, oh, I admire your work. You're so amazing, whatever. Yeah. And I've come to notice oh, you don't do interviews with women. Mm. And I don't even know if they're conscious, right? Because right, we don't yeah. see life as it uh -huh. is. We see it as we are. Yes, yes. But I'm yeah. like, it sucks. It yeah. sucks. And it's almost like 
I sometimes feel like if you complain about it, you will only make it worse for yourself. I I think you're absolutely right. And it's interesting because when I started out, I was, I would never admit that there was any sexism going on. In fact, there was something about admitting that like I was a victim of that, that I hated. I would, I, I could, I still like, I can't, I never like the idea of myself as a victim of anything. Right. I, I think because I like to feel, I mean, truthfully, like I think of my, if I'm doing therapy on myself, I think it's because I like to feel in control and that makes me feel out of control. Yeah. And like, I couldn't change it. Whereas, you know, I like to feel like, and what I told myself was you just didn't do well enough. You have to try harder. You have to work harder. You have to convince these people. And yes, it's going to be hard, but you got to do it. That's yeah. your job, you know? And that, in a lot of ways, I actually think that served me. And in other ways, I don't know that it was the entire truth. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And what do you think, do you have any thoughts on what that looks like for a generation who's coming up? Of, do you feel like it's getting easier? I think it is getting much better. I mean, yeah. I have to say the difference between making my film in 2016 and then and making this one is vast. I mean, okay. it is huge. And I know we we still have further to go, but we have come so far. That's great. I mean, there is definitely in in my industry, there's just a different support. There's like a different celebration of female storytellers and female stories. Like that's happening in a very different way than it ever was. Before it was there it, it almost was like, you know, a liability. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um and so it's that's heartening. Yeah. I'm curious, like day one of mm-hmm. Edge of Seventeen, first mm-hmm. day, everyone's on set. Holy shit, I got to do this thing. And day one of Margaret. Yeah. How were those different for you? Oh gosh, um, very different because on Edge of Seventeen, that was the first set I had ever set foot on. I had never been on a Kelly, set this before. This is wild. <laughs> Oh, totally. I had, an incredible I had visited story. a set one time, but I had never worked on a set. Wow. So all of a sudden I was running a set that I, you know, yeah, it was completely all new to me. But, but I do think like you, it's sort of a sink or swim scenario. Like you jump in and you just have to figure it out. Yeah. And you do. You Did know? you ask anyone you knew who was a director? Like, what do, what do I do? Well, thankfully... Thankfully, I had and still have an incredible mentor in Jim Brooks, yeah. who's also who's not only a producer, but he is also a writer director. Yeah. So, and he's such a good human being that I could also I could ask him the stupid questions and right. not feel stupid. Right. You know. Right. So having him there was just absolutely a security blanket. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, there's someone here that if I really get off track, a girl like I can just in yes. case. Yeah. Exactly. That's amazing. Yeah. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way, as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. 
Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. And I guess, too, you know, it goes back to this idea of working with, collaborating with, hiring people who are smarter than you, who have more experience. You can lean on that team because the movie is very much, very much a community project. Very much, exactly. And, and like, and particularly on Are There God? It's Me, Margaret, our production designer. This man, Steve Sacklett, is so wonderful and just and created this, created these sets that were so beautiful and warm and lived in. And our set decorator too, this woman, Selena, like she she picked out all the little tiny things that and I feel like very often those are the things that make a place feel lived in. And 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 messy in the right ways. I mean, because my house is a mess. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also our costume designer is uh Ann Roth, who's like maybe the greatest costume designer of all time. I think, no, is is for sure (laughs) just legendary. And she would do things like she cared so much about all the details and especially the messiness of that age. Mm. Because I remember when I was that age, it was like, you know, it's like your hair's greasy and it's, and you're, and your skin's a little messed up, you know. Every yeah. and your clothes are rumpled. All those things. Yeah. I feel like that's what the age is. And there was one day where I walked in 
she had put Margaret in one dingy white sock and one clean white sock. And I was like, that Perfect. is it. Yeah. That is this age. Yeah, you know? that's so Where cool. you're like, eh, whatever. I, you know? um, it reminds me of like years ago in another life, I was a wedding planner. Oh, and, wow. So that was a lot. <laughs> uh, but planning events, my favorite designers to work with and my favorite thing was the detail that maybe one person would notice. Yes. But the person who noticed would be like, oh my, yeah. did you, wait, the tiny flower that was in the arrangement during the cocktail party and now it's the thing that's on the side of the, is that yes. the, like that detail yeah. is so, you know, God yes. is in the details. That totally. is so I beautiful. I so agree. But also yeah. requires you as the leader or the captain of that ship to give them the room to go like, yeah, do that thing, live into that. There was definitely a period of just getting on the same page but it was quick with them. It's, yeah. And that's that's just a credit to them and their talent because I, we could have conversations and then they would go off and 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 make it so much better than I ever could have imagined. And that's, that's, awesome. that's I think, exactly, that's the beauty of making a film is you have, you know, you gather these talented people together and they they blow your expectations out of the water and anything I personally could do could can't come close to the things that they come up with, you yeah. know? So that's exciting, like seeing all those elements come together. What do you think it is about your personality that makes you suited to be a director? That's a really great question. You know, I've actually come to think it's probably my empathy. I think I'm a person who very often is like, putting myself in the other person's shoes. And so I think about what it would be like to be an actor and have a camera facing you and doing things over and over and how I would want to be talked to or or any creative person. I I would want to be given real freedom and permission to play and I would want I would want my creativity to be encouraged. So I think that's I think that's a lot of it. I really I really try to create a space that feels safe and nurturing, you know, where people can screw up. Like, I actually think that's really important. Like, there's very often, I mean, I'm I'm constantly like, let's try a crazy one. Let's do, you know? Yeah. And I say, like, let's color outside the lines. And some of our ideas will be terrible. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Because I feel like you have to reach for that to find something new and special. You yeah. have to be willing to, like, take that shot. Are you, because you're a writer, are you a director who likes, like, ad-libbing and playing, whatever? Are you like a, these are the written words, y'all, this is what we're doing? You know, I actually, that's a really great question because I, I, I am a writer-director, but I love to improvise. I, in fact, on, on this film, the kids, I'm constantly encouraging them to improvise. Like when they, in the scene where they, um, they open the anatomy book and they see the drawing of the penis oh God, for the first time. So it's hard. so funny. It's so oh hard. Oh my God. But that's all them just ad-libbing. Like I just really? basically opened the I book, wondered, turned on the, the girl's camera. first yeah. line is so what a little girl would it's say. So, oh. I don't want to kill it because it is a very oh funny my God. joke. No, when it's they so were real. Saying, I was 
I was crying. I was crying, laughing behind the camera because oh, that because I was just like, just happy. whatever comes to your mind, yes, just, just say, say it, it when you see that picture. And you know what? In retrospect, when she says it, and they all laugh, it felt so real. Yes. Like not, we're not pretending. Oh, we're like genuinely laughing. Yeah, it was so good. There's, yeah, it's completely, it's completely real. So yeah, so a lot of times I'm saying like, okay, here's your monologue, but actually. You can't say any word in that monologue. You got to just say completely in your own words. Cool. So, um, and there's something about that that I think like makes them alive in every moment and also listen to each other in new ways because it's not the line that they thought was coming. So they can't, they they can't can't be wrote. They have to be present to be able to respond to it. I'm still tripping out about the fact that you just like jumped into the deep end. It's so inspiring. Sometimes I think to myself, wow, I mean, it, it must have taken like a little bit of being delusional to do it. Yeah, you know? that's true for everything. Right. That's yeah. true for having uh-huh. a kid. Like yeah, why on earth totally. do we think we can raise a human? What? Yeah, I yeah. barely can take care of myself. Totally. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. just to, the, I think for so many women, like there's this study that says that um, men will apply for a job that they're 50% qualified for yes. and women will only apply for a job they're 100% qualified for, Yes, which means you're only ever staying at the level that you're at because yeah. you're afraid to do something that's like a little bit bigger. But you are the definition. This is not a little thing to take on a film. And in a town, and you can tell me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong because I, I don't know it as well as you do, but my understanding is if you mess up, you don't get another chance. The, yeah, no, that's true. Especially as a it's, woman. Like, if you didn't yes. do a good job. <laughs> that's right. And there was a time where it's like, if you messed up as a woman, you were not only messing up your career, you were messing up yes. every woman's yes. career. Yes. Yeah. There was the whole thing, like, when Wonder Woman came out, it was like, Patty Jenkins had so much on her shoulders because it was like, can a woman direct? Do a superhero uh, yes, movie. exactly. Oh, my yeah. God. It's so yeah. nuts. Yeah. Do no, you have absolutely. a community of other female writers in this town or directors in this town that you get to get together with and be like, girl, you, you know? know, I'm slowly building that. Okay. It's interesting because like writing and directing, they're both very, it's odd because they're solitary, it's solitary in that like, you don't, I don't write with another person. I don't direct with another. So there's no, you see them around at sort of like functions and stuff like that but there's nothing sort of built in that makes you work together so yeah but I feel like I'm slowly building that yeah it's interesting though um what we what you were talking about earlier about um women wanting to be like a hundred percent ready for a job whereas whereas a man can be like I don't know that I totally know this but it's okay I talk to a lot of aspiring directors and it's very interesting because when I talk to the men versus the women, the women are always the ones who ask me, but how did you know what to do? <laughs> I ask you that. I'm like, wait, yeah, what did exactly. you? Yeah. The men don't ask me that. Isn't that interesting? Okay. that. What do they ask? <laughs> I mean, they ask all sorts of other things, right, you know, about right. the whole process, but, but no, but the women are like, that's the feeling is like, oh God, I'll get there and I won't know what to do. Yeah. You know? Oh, that's yeah. so mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. There's um, did you ever read Lean In by yes. Cheryl Sandberg? Yes, yeah. So in that she talks about that she was giving a speech or she was at a like Harvard or Yale or some big college mm-hmm. and the class had an uh, the opportunity to ask her questions. Mm-hmm. 
basically all the women were asking her the same kind of things. Like, how did you manage, you know, motherhood mm-hmm. and having a career? How did you do these things? And the men were asking, like, well, how'd you get funding for the blah, blah, blah? And how did you – and she said when she was driving away, she was like, something – was bothering her. I'm for sure paraphrasing and getting all this wrong, so don't yeah. quote me. But like it was bothering her and she was trying to figure mm-hmm. out what was bothering her and she realized or all of the women were asking about how to have a career mm. or how to build a career and all of the men were asking how to build a company. Whoa. Like that it wouldn't it wasn't occurring to the women yes. that they could be a leader, that they could be the one who was like getting funding yes. and doing the thing and building a team. They were like, how do I work my way up? the ladder and the men were like what do you do when you're at the top of the building right yeah so even that mindset yeah it's fascinating of because i wonder that too i'm like well how do you know how to and you just take it a beat at a time like anything else you just take it one step at a time exactly yeah do you have any emotional feelings around like you have been given not that you didn't work your ass off to get where you are, but you got this like lightning in a bottle moment mm-hmm. of that meeting with him. Yes. You get, you have another thing where the project gets greenlit. You get mm-hmm. to do the first pro. You have earned every single step along the way, but that feels like kind of magical, kind of the mm-hmm. universe stepping in and being like, we're going to hook it up right now. Yeah. No. Is there a pressure in that to like? Yeah. Uh, well, and I do think. I do think that there's a certain amount of luck and invo- luck or sort of like, you know, elements yeah. coming together yeah. involved in it, which is very humbling, yeah. you know, yeah, um, because it's sort of like everything has to just line up the perfect right way, you know, but I do think I do think you can like put yourself in the way of that yes. luck. Yeah. You know? So I was just thinking, I'm going to stop quoting things. So I sound like a weirdo right now. But <laughs> my favorite Oprah quote is, uh-huh. there's no such thing as luck. There's only preparation meeting opportunity at a moment in time. Ooh, and yes. like you had uh-huh. the opportunity, but you were also very prepared. And if you hadn't been prepared to meet that luck head on, we wouldn't be sitting here today. I, you know, I do think, I, I do think that is part of it. And I, I am a person who is like obsessively prepared. Like okay. I, I, yeah, absolutely. What does that look like for you? Like you're oh, going to a it, meeting or a pitch yeah. or whatever. How are you preparing for that? Oh, it looks like I have read everything I possibly can about whatever this is that I'm going to speak on. Right. I know who I'm talking to inside and out and what they've done. I've talked you to hire other people. A private detective. Yeah, 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 I basically yeah, yeah. hired yeah, yeah, yeah. a PI. <laughs> yes, exactly. Have blood work I'm done. Like, yeah. I've really, I really try to do my homework. And and it's also, I also find that like that relaxes me because I'm like, I've done everything I can. Now I can just sort of leave it and go in knowing I'm okay. I tend to, when I'm not prepared is sort of the worst for me because Mm -hmm. I'm just, it's, I don't even, I think it's, I think it's actually probably mostly psychological because I'm like, I'm not prepared. So it just sort of seizes me up, you know? So that, that, I think that does free me a lot. So the new movie is done. It's coming out when... April 28th. April 28th. All right. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling? That's so close. It is so close. Yeah. Do you feel good? Do you feel scared? Do you feel, what do you feel? I feel everything. I feel everything under the sun. It's like a million different emotions. It's really exciting. It's really surreal. Some days it's almost like I don't believe it's happening and I feel like I'm having a weird, like a a strange dream (laughs) that I'm going to wake up from. Um, And it's nerve wracking because it's like you can, you can make a film and put everything in it and then 
you don't know if people are going to show up or not. You kind of can't control it, yeah. you know? Uh, so yeah. I have, there's a lot of like of letting go that yeah. has to happen at this point. I rushed right by this, which is such a failure on my part. But um, how on earth did you, once you got from, I'm going to write this thing, you did you have to get Judy Bloom's approval yes. to do? Okay. And how uh-huh. did you do that? So I, after I read, after I read the book and I was just like, a sobbing mess when I got to the last page. I call, I wrote her a letter where I basically, I wrote her an email where I basically just like poured my heart out and told her how much her work had meant to me for all these years and how it struck me all over again as an adult and that I really wanted to adapt. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And then uh, I had heard from her representatives that that was the one Book that she was never going to let anyone adapt. I could see that. So yeah, <laughs> that she was like any other book, but not that one. But I just couldn't, I couldn't leave it alone because I really felt like, no, but this is the one that has to be made. It has to, you know, and this is the time to make it because there's suddenly, there is this support and celebration of these types of stories happening right now. So I, I feel like the letter started to soften her. And then and then Jim and I hopped on a plane like so fast because we were like, well, we, we have a we window. Think, we have a window. <laughs> like, it feels like maybe something. And we were, you know, so yeah, we were in Key West at her home within like days. Wow. We were in her living room just like pitching our hearts out. And so, yeah. And so we talked for a few hours and um, and it felt like it was going well, but you don't know, you know. And then by the end of the meeting, her husband who was there said, so we're doing this, right? And then Jim and I kind of looked at looked at him and looked at Judy and she said, like, she nodded, you know, and we were like, okay, all right, we're doing it. And we got Dude. back on the plane going, oh my God, wow, we're doing That's it. That's wild. Yeah. Okay, yep. now I am a super hippie and I am mm-hmm. very into like manifesting and yep. the universe and all. Mm-hmm. You are guided. Mm. You are so guided. Like, have you ever just told these stories out loud and been like, what, wait, what? No, I'm listening to them going, this doesn't happen. No, it's I absolutely think it's 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 totally it's crazy. Like I'm wondering, you're talking about this, like that you're you're about feeling and energy and like how it's supposed Mm -hmm. to feel. And I sort of wonder if that guides your intuition so much that you're making decisions in the moment or speaking words in the moment. That's like exact. You're. You're basing that meeting with her off feeling too. A hundred percent. In wow. fact, like where you pointed just yeah. now yeah. is exactly yeah. where I feel like I live. Yeah. Yes. And everything is coming from that. That's incredible. And it's almost like a feeling of um, when it doesn't click, it's this feeling of square peg round hole. Yes. You, I can feel it right yes. here. Like, mm, you know? Yes. And then I can feel when it clicks. And so, yeah. So I do feel like everything I'm doing is like, is referring back to yes. this feeling in my body, right. which is, which, uh, yeah, which sounds a little out there, but it, it doesn't. Cause this is in doing this work, I sit with people all the time and I catch the same thing. Like I'll talk to people at the highest levels of their career, comedians and writers and musicians, and they're people who've been around for decades and you'll catch it. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you hear it, it would be easy to listen and go, they just got lucky. Mm-hmm. But if you're mm-hmm. actually listening, you'll hear that they're like following intuition, that they're mm-hmm. staying open, that they're like doing a project that felt really right to them, even if nobody else totally yes. got it. And they're just, it's like, there's something there. And I want to point yeah. it out to listeners, but also to you, because it's like, oh gosh, 
stay in that. Mm, Did mm-hmm. you grow up with that? Do you feel like you've developed that intuition over time? I think I, well, first of all, I had a mom who it was very into all of this. Very, I mean, from a young age, cool. from a young age being like, visualize what you want yeah. and stuff like that. Did you grow up here? I did. Okay. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. So that was really like beaten into me from from the time I was, I mean, eight, nine, wow. you know. So I definitely, that's always kind of been in the background. But I think that sense of intuition was also developed over the course of writing because writing is very, I mean, you, yeah. I, I wonder if that writing is very much like, it, it's so internal and yeah. going back to those feelings yeah. and writing from that place. Yeah. The best stuff is it's, it's more. It's almost more channeling. Yeah, yeah. Than it is because I'll read read stuff and I have no memory of consciously writing those. Oh, lines. that's so fascinating. Yeah, I'll just be like, "Whoa, that's crazy." Where yeah, that come from? I. You know, it's interesting you're saying that because I have this feeling where it's almost like I'll start and it's like I'm writing and it's like I'm pushing a rock up a hill, mm-hmm. you know, and then suddenly something will happen where it's like you yes. get to the hill and then it goes down the other side. Yes, and then all of a sudden it's just. You're yes. chasing it. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're not doing it. It's just, it's yes. just pouring out of you and you're yeah. running after yeah. it. Yeah. Have you, you know? ever gotten to the end of writing something or later in a work and like all of a sudden you connected a piece, like you you found the puzzle piece you didn't even realize was a puzzle piece and you're like, oh, yes. oh, that's, I see yeah. how it all comes together. Yes. And you're like, I didn't do that. I, uh, I don't even know where that. No, totally. When you said yes. like, oh, well, 10 hours have gone by and I didn't think about my son, yeah. I'm like, well, that's flow state. Mm-hmm. You're not conscious of anything else because you're just in it, which yes. is the dream. Uh, absolutely. I, yeah, I I do feel like when I'm directing or when I'm writing, when I'm doing anything creative, it's like I lose all sense of myself. Yeah. I'm just like the the being that's serving this thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, and it's the best feel. I think it's like the closest I've ever gotten to some sort of Zen state yes. is actually those creative states. That's so yeah. cool. I also find the creative process to be like frustrating and hard in all sorts of ways. Amen. And sometimes I just like hate myself through it, <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, yes. oh God, there are those moments that are just euphoric. Like if you can just, if you, if you know that like, okay, it's going to be hard, right. and you're going to fall, but then if you're lucky, you'll reach that point yeah. where all of a sudden it just takes you, you know? That's so cool. Have you read yeah. The War of Art? No, actually, I have not read that. Okay, this is going to, we're going to get a stack and we're just going <laughs> to hand it out to you. Oh my, you have to read it. It's oh my this gosh. big. It's okay, been yes, around for like do, 25 years. I do have to read oh, it. Oh, so Stephen Pressfield, who wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance, okay. uh-huh. um, who was known as like a novelist, wrote fiction, decided to write a book on what the creative process was yeah, and sort of the relationship we have with the muse and uh, uh, the whole book is about resistance, mm. that every day as a creator, you get up and fight resistance and resistance doesn't care how it gets you to stop creating. It just wants you to stop creating. Mm. So it's, you'll read it in a, in a sitting in a plane ride and whatever. I read it once a year. Oh my gosh. For every creative I know, it's, oh, you'll just be like, it's not just me. Oh, I'm going to download it the minute I leave here. I'm so bummed I don't have it to give to you. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. I literally just gave away my copy or I would give you one off the bookshelf inside, but you have to check it out. Yes. But coming back to this idea, because it's like Mm -hmm. my favorite thing to geek out over. How do you feel like you've you've grown into that intuition because it's one mm. thing I think for us to have the relationship with ourselves, yeah or to have it in you know the privacy of a manuscript or yeah. working on a computer but to take that into a meeting like kind mm. of mm-hmm. it would be easy to be like 
I'm meeting Judy Bloom. Like this is right. the meeting of a lifetime, like yeah. this chance. Uh-huh. Nobody gets this chance. How do you bring that into that room? You know, that's a really that's a really good question. I do think it's like I do think it's practiced over years and years. And I do think it actually ties back to abandoning it plenty in, Ooh, you know, not initially. Yeah. yeah. I remember when I when I first started my career, I was writing at the time I'd sold my first script when I was 25. And the, and I was like hooked up with producers that were legendary and, you know, doing all these, you know, had done all these things. And I was like, what do I know? I'm 25. So anything that they would say, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And I would just try to write to what would someone else think is good? What would this person who knows what they're doing think is good? You know, and I was I was trying to follow someone else's intuition yes. as well as, you know, yes. which is impossible and is the biggest recipe for disaster, I think, when it comes to creativity. So I think it was doing that enough and feeling terrible doing that enough that made me go, I have to come back to myself and I have to just, I have to just, write and connect from a place that is authentically me and that feels right. Yeah. And if it if that doesn't work, well, then I give up, you know? <laughs> but you know what I mean? But, it, but yeah, if but you're going to go least, out, let it be exactly. on, your own, yeah. on your own words, on yeah. your own belief. Yeah. yeah. And it, it exactly. sucks because so many people will struggle to find success because they're trying to follow someone else's it's direction. It's the worst thing to do. And they'll think it's because they suck. Yes. And really it's because, no, you're just not locked into who you are. Yes. Because I think exactly. about, I mean, I've told this story a million times, but as a writer, nobody wanted my work. Nobody. Mm. Um, I got rejected by everyone. And even after I finally started to have success with novels, mm-hmm. when I wrote my first nonfiction, mm-hmm. Everyone was like, what? Because the opening hmm. line of the book is, I peed my pants yesterday. <laughs> and I, every every editor, and people want to say something else now because the book has sold so many copies, <laughs> but everyone was like, what is this? <laughs> right, of every yes. editor in the world, two people were like, maybe, maybe wow. there's a book here. I had an existing publisher who read Girl, Wash Your Face and turned it down. They had first right of refusal. Uh That book sold 7 million copies. They had first right of refusal and they said no because they were like, we don't get this, Rachel. Wow. But it was so me. It was like back fat and like I have hair that grows out of a mole on my butt. And like, (laughs) this is you know, like it was just true because I was like, this is what it looks like in my life and I can't be the only one. And Yes. And there is something about when you state that yes. that it makes everyone else just like exhale. Yeah, you're like, like oh, thank okay. God, it's not so just do me. I. Right. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. So it's it's so, truly yeah. such a gift to be by. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like it's a good for anyone listening, which is going to be predominantly women. Yeah. This idea that we show up as ourselves. Yes. Is really. Mm-hmm. It's also just going to feel better. Gonna it's going to f- feel better yes. in your creation to be you, totally. whether or not anyone else gets it. You've got to get it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I. I I absolutely believe that. Yeah. So the movie comes out at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, is it like asking a woman in labor when she's going to have her next kid if I say, do you know what's next? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I definitely, I don't know if this is how you work, but yeah. definitely when I'm like, when I'm in a project, I can't even, I feel like I'm underwater. Yeah. I'm like, I can't even imagine. Yeah. 
I think it is. I think you're right. I think that's yeah. a perfect way to articulate yeah. it. It's a woman like, in labor. I'm, I'm trying to get the baby. Yeah, exactly. Like, why would you ask me that? <laughs> so as a when I'm writing books, like I just uh-huh. finished my latest a couple weeks ago, mm. um, which is why I've congratulations all these hormonal blemishes. <laughs> thank you. Um, is I start daydreaming about the next project because I'm just it's just a slog, and I'm like, yes. this sucks, and it's hard. I want so I'm like, ooh. Ooh, let's write. Yes. Like, so I just start. You mean while you're in the current? Yes. Pro- oh, yes. yes. That's when I yeah. can do it. Okay, <laughs> absolutely. I can do it. I can do it as procrastination for yes. the thing I yes. actually have to do. Yeah, you're yeah, like exactly. Well, if it was, that- it's just once I actually have time and the deck is cleared. It's yes. def- yeah. There's a. And I mean that really hasn't happened yet because I, you know, we're running around trying to promote the movie and yeah. stuff. But but I do think even once this this sort of whirlwind is done, I think I'll probably have to like take a period of like yeah. a few months to just be a person. That's a great. I idea. think also creatively, it's it's like you need to just go be a human being, interacting and connecting with people and absorbing. Yes. You know, life yes. and being a human. Yeah. You know, to doing normal. Yeah. Things because it's I, I think especially as a writer. Those are the moments that I end up like putting down in my phone. Yes. I this morning at the gym, I didn't tell you this, Jack. I'm like, mm-hmm. this is gold. I will write this into something someday. Mm-hmm. I go to the gym and I went to the use the restroom before I started. And mm-hmm. when I closed the restroom door, mm-hmm. it um it like was hard to close. So I kind of forced the door <laughs> closed. Yeah. And then I peed and then I got up and I couldn't get the door open again. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my! I this is like, so me to get trapped in the bathroom at the gym. <laughs> like I live and I'm in like now. pulling again, and I'm pulling, and now I, I put my feet. I have like a whole body into pulling. I'm so embarrassed. I'm like I'm gonna have to ask someone to help me get out of this thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, I don't. I don't want to be embarrassed. So I just keep trying. Like the thing shaking. I'm like, this is crazy. This is an equinox. I expect better. I'm like doing all for. A while. And I did say, like, hello, like, but it's it's here, so, like, no yes. one's going to save you for yeah. a while, guys. And then all of a sudden, I was like, and I pushed because it was a push. I was like, you idiot. But also, that's comedy gold. Like, I'm going to yes. write this into something totally. at some point. Yes. It's a stupid exactly. moments in life that I collect. I'm like, yes. just put it in my phone. Do you do that? Do you? Are you like... Oh, all, moments. oh, all the yeah. time. Yes, all the time. Yeah. It's all like going in. It's like going in a file. Right. That's honestly, I think the best part of being a writer is that every embarrassing, terrible thing that happens to you is great material. Yeah. So you feel, you actually feel like, you know what? It has purpose. Right. <laughs> What's that? Oh, I, so there's something yeah. great about that. What's yeah. that? It's all content. It's, it's uh, all, yes, yeah. that's right. It's all exactly. Content. It's, all, yeah. it's all copy. It's Nor all copy. Yes. Nor Efron. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, this has yeah. been like, the highlight of my day. This oh my has God. been such a treat. I'm, I'm so, so glad, glad to yeah. have met you. Yeah, like same. I said, I, I, I hadn't listened to your podcast before. I started and I was just like, I, I was just it. like, I love this person. Thank you. I love everything she's Thank saying. You. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so happy to get to talk Thank to you. Thank you. And I know that this is a whirlwind for you this time period. So I appreciate you taking time to hang out with us. Genuinely, no BS. The audience will know this. Like, I don't, kiss up to people like this so it really is a phenomenal movie if there's anything we can do to help promote it in other ways you let us know because thank you people need to go see it and like if i can see it with my boyfriend and my 10 year old son (laughs) i feel and all of us enjoy it i feel like it's just like 
it doesn't, at least to me, feel like we're making a lot of feel-good movies anymore. I know. That you can take every – I would have just as easily had my 16-year-old son or my 6-year-old daughter if she had still been awake. Like, we would have all enjoyed it. So, um, well done, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Can you – can you feel that? Can you take that in that like you did a really good job? Oh my God. That's so, that's so nice. I, yeah. I, I yeah. so appreciate that. I feel like, yes, the universe guided you and yes, you were given opportunity, but you met it. Mm. You met that opportunity. So well done you. Oh, if yes. people want to go see the movie, if yes. they want to follow you on social, I'll tell them all the places they can do all the things. Yes. Movie comes out April 28th. Um, please go see it opening weekend. That always helps us. And on social, I'm Kelly Freeman Craig on Instagram, Twitter. Perfect. All that. Yeah. And that's it. Thank you. You're so welcome. Oh my gosh. Thanks for coming over. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 